The Adventures of Bradley and Don, my talk, 107.1. This is your place for entertainment news and also a discussion about what went on at a football game. I know it's football, but we have to talk about Dolly Parton. Well, yeah, because she was the best thing that happened at that football game. I can't say that for sure because I didn't actually watch the football game. No, you're right. <laughs> what, who actually played whom, Mike? Uh, I believe that was the Cowboys. Yeah, it was the Cowboys yeah. because of uh, the outfit. Oh, yeah, was, she um, was wearing that outfit. They play every Thanksgiving. They do, the, the Lions do, and then now they've added a third game for the evening as well. So there's a lot of football on Thanksgiving, and I don't remember who they were playing. But. I Yeah, I didn't care about any of that, but yeah. I did uh, crank my head around when we had a, a, a guest at our Thanksgiving dinner who was watching the football, and then I cranked my head around when I heard Dolly come on and wow, did Dolly Parton <laughs> blow it out of the water? Oh my gosh. Uh, she played basically half a concert to me in eight minutes. I mean, she did shorter versions of four songs. Uh, it was a medley. She did uh, We Will Rock You. She did We Are the Champions, Jolene, Nine to Five. And she looked incredible. Yeah, she did, and I had to t- I had to break down the outfit for my mom because I was like, "Mom, she looks great," but I do want to like we had fun sort of like uh, identifying the different pieces to her outfit. So of course she's got her big hair, right? Mm-hmm. But then you can see they had uh, she's got like a bodysuit, sure, that came up to the neck, and it had these beautiful little rhinestones in the decolletage. Area. Oh, it's a full Skims bodysuit, yeah. For sure. And um, but then when you're looking at it from a distance, it appears that she's just got the top and the bottoms on. But the resulting effect was amazing. Absolutely. And she doesn't have a roll of fat hanging no, over. No, my God. Like most like, of us would. She sells that damn cake from Duncan Hines, but she doesn't look like she needs any of it. She is 77 years old. It's crazy, yeah. And she, from what I could tell, it didn't look like she was lip syncing. She did have a mic. Um, uh, yeah. And, I mean, if she was, she matched it perfectly. So... I. Either way, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't it's think there was the expectation that she'd be doing like live audio, but whether she was or not, she looked great. Yeah, she definitely did. And um, Tony Romo was super impressed with her. He couldn't get over it. And I think he's a little bit in love with her now. Um, so he was talking about the performance with uh, commentator Jim Nance. And he, Jim kind of wanted to get back to talking about the game, but Tony was just so blown away by Dolly. The field is all set after the Dolly performance. We are the champions, and she was wearing the Cowboys cheerleading outfit. Yeah. You saw that coming, didn't I, you? You I said, had... "I think she's going to go with a little cheerleading outfit tonight." And I was like, "Wow, it's pretty good." What do you think we're going to see? I mean, she looks amazing. Right? Right? You, know, I mean, you never know what's going to happen wonderful. here. Who doesn't like Dolly Parton? No, she's absolutely an American <laughs> treasure. That's for sure. And you are, too. Fast becoming. As you look at the quarterback comparison. For- <laughs> <laughs> they put up a quarterback graphic, and he's still talking about Dolly. It was so funny. Yeah. I think he was just blown away by her level of fitness and how good she looks at age 77. There was a time, though, I kept going, like, they didn't do her any favors on that stage because she kept oh. having to grab it. 
And yeah. I was like, we don't need her to feel like she's going to fall. So can we just get her in a platform where she's comfortable? Because I did notice she kept going. You know, she kept turning around, like move. I'm sure she had some stunning high heels oh, on totally as well. Did. But yeah. we couldn't see them because of the speakers below. Yeah. She also re- she was trying to peek around the corner and give a show to the other side of the stadium that doesn't get to see the front of the performance. Yeah. So, but no, she's a living treasure. In fact, somebody at uh, dinner was like, when she goes, I don't know what we're going to do. And I was like, you're telling me because the world, it's like, what else do we have other than Dolly Parton that we can all agree on? Right. (laughs) She's one of the few people that we can all I mean, no. I think we can, but it seems like everybody loves Dolly Parton. Yeah, so. Betty White was the same way, yeah. that hit people the same way. But she is so far away from that. I mean, she's 77 and still performing at that level where she can belt it out. And, you know, even if it was she's singing with her own track, totally understandable. But, yeah, it was a pretty great performance. I I do feel the same way about her having to grab onto the stage, though. That was like a little bit. Yeah. I honestly just I love that she went out there and did it because think about like all the performers who I I don't know, lesser performers who just would have made a I don't know, made it more complicated or been like, I don't want to do that. And she's just like, yeah, I'll do it. This is the thing that I love about Dolly Parton is she has that spirit where I mean, again, do I think that she made that Duncan Hines cake mix for sale? (laughs) No. Somebody else talked about something else she advertised for. Do you really think Dolly Parton? It's like, I don't care. Dolly Parton just has. The ability to like put her name on it, yeah. own it, and people feel good about it. It's exactly what advertising is supposed to be for because you love it. You feel good when you see Dolly Parton. Yes. And so I, I just mean, think it's amazing that she is still kicking and stretching and kicking. Yes, my. And Jack Harlow did her a lot of favors by having one of the worst halftime performances I think anyone's ever seen in the game prior to her. Oh, really? Jack Harlow performed during the Detroit Lions game and social media just blew up saying, oh. what did we just watch? That was a train wreck. Oh, she was like, could you guys go out it was there and not be good. bad? It wasn't good at all. <laughs> oh, no. I wonder if any celebrities like if I were Miley Cyrus, I would just, you know, want to be there at the game just to see Dolly perform. You know, I wonder if people went just to oh, see Dolly. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I- it's it's you know a hard game to get tickets to if you're a normal person. I do wonder though if she gets tired ever of Jolene and nine to five. Like, hey y'all can I mean I don't think Dolly does because right they'd be like hey Dolly <laughs> would you do this? She'd be like sure I'll do whatever you want. Yeah, because she's just such a go getter. But um, like at a certain point I feel like I would like to do another track. Like yeah. I don't want to have to do the same. Th- you know it's kind of you got to be somewhere. If I were a pop star, which I'm not, never will be. That's fine. But I'd be somewhere between Dolly Parton and Madonna. You have Madonna who like never wants to do anything that made you know, her the, famous. The people love her for right. right? And then Dolly, who's like, I'll do the same thing again and again. I mean, the attitude is great, though. Yeah. I'm sure she just, I mean. I'd be somewhere in between because I'd have to be a little crotchety on occasion. I don't think Dolly Parton probably gets too crotchety. And you don't think about, yeah, probably not. Um, you don't think about, like, I'm going to have to sing this for the rest of my life about my jilted lover. Yeah. You know what I mean? This it's damn just, woman. Yeah, has Jolene gotten, gotten in between my man. Way more attention than she ever deserved. That's right. Mike? It's made me happy because I'm thinking, like, and here's Dolly Parton with Enter Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, she's down for anything. She'll perform yeah, any song. Crazy Train with yeah. Yeah. Dolly. And you saw that on the rock album. Well, the the when she starts singing Queen, I was like, Wait, she couldn't do that with Queen. She just did the song. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And she just had that rock album come out, so yeah, it yeah. was kind of perfect. 
Well, if you missed it, you can see it. Uh, there's a link on our show links page. You can see the whole performance. I think it was like seven and a half minutes. Yeah. In the beginning, she's in like this bell ringer outfit for the Salvation Army. I mean, they put her in multiple costumes. It was great. All right. Well, what do we have coming up next? Not too much fun. So, yeah, when we come back, we have to talk about Diddy. Why? Because not once, not twice, but three times now we've had people come forward and allege some really horrible behavior. Mm -hmm. And we would be remiss if we did not cover this story uh, with some attention as as dark and sad as it appears to be. But we'll have all the latest on the latest allegations of sexual assault against Diddy when we come back right here on My Talk. Hey, My Talkers, it's Bradley for my good friends at Little Blind Spot and Hunter Douglas. Now through December 5th, buy more and save more with huge rebates on Hunter Douglas Silhouette and Pirouette and PowerView Automation. Purchase one to five Silhouette or Pirouette with PowerView Automation, get a $50 per unit rebate. Purchase six to 10, get a $75 per unit rebate. And if you purchase 11 or more, get a $100 per unit rebate. Rebates can include a mix of Silhouette and Pirouette with PowerView Automation. Limitations and restrictions apply. Ask for details, and don't forget that select Hunter Douglas Duet Honeycomb Shades still qualify for a U.S. federal tax credit of up to $1,200 through the end of the year. Exclusions and restrictions apply here, too. Visit littleblindspotmn.com today for more information and to schedule your free in-home consultation. Don't forget to tell them Bradley sent you. Sing it with me. The Little Blind Spot, we're big on service. The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn, My Talk 1071. Thank you so much for being here, and we hope you're having a good day back from your holiday weekend. Hopefully, you had some great time off. If you missed any of the show, you can listen to it as a podcast. Just subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts, including Blinded by the Item, that is its own podcast as well. So, what do we got with Sean Diddy Combs? Well, it's not good news, and it's the third time in. Gosh, I would say not as many weeks. It's been like a week mm-hmm. that we've had allegations of sexual assault made against the music vocal, Sean Diddy Combs. In fact, before we end it, I mean, I think as we kicked off last week, we came with a story about a settlement with one of the accusers, and that was Cassie, who accused uh, him of rape, repeated sexual and physical abuse, sex trafficking in this lawsuit. That was then settled. And then a few days later, there was a second accuser. Now, I was gone on Wednesday, and I don't know when this story came out. But last week, a second accuser named Joy Dickerson Neal came forward and sued him for allegedly drugging and raping her back in the 90s. And this, the timing is because there is a law that was about to expire mm-hmm. or a law that led to an expiration of uh, a statute of limitations that allows victims of sexual offenses like the ones that she alleged to file civil lawsuits. So there was that civil lawsuit. And then on Friday, a third anonymous woman this time filed a lawsuit in New York County Supreme Court alleging that, along with another singer-songwriter by the name of Aaron Hall, and I don't know that person, took turns sexually assaulting her and a friend back in 1990 and 91. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it literally, and it goes into great detail. So that's what we know, and we can talk about the details more if we want. For his part, of course, through his people, they're saying all of these allegations are lies, 
and an attempt to get money. Well, what say you? I I doubt if that is the case. I don't know because these are, you know, his lawyer says these are bogus allegations. I don't think that people hold on to something from 1990 and 1991 for that long. That is as far as like if it's baseless i just don't think that people are running around if they aren't actual assault victims looking at when laws are going to expire yeah like you know what oh i, mean? I gotta hurry and make oh, some yeah. money on Let's this see. i mean it's yeah. not like i don't know i just don't see these women um just seeing a law is expiring and then going who did i who who has money that i knew back in it's just i don't know i think that when there's smoke there's fire and it seems like it's exactly the same time like 1991 Well, and it's a lot of the same accusations and allegations. His spokesperson did say, quote, in a statement, this is nothing but a money grab because Mr. Combs' fame and success, he's an easy target for anonymous accusers who lie, which I would say there are two who are not anonymous, who lie without conscience or consequence for financial benefit. The public should be skeptical and not rush to accept these bogus allegations. I would just say, generally, did we not learn from Me Too that if you have a credible allegation, listen to the allegation, take it seriously. Yeah. And it sounds like the courts are doing that. So ultimately, they'll have their days in court, we think, unless right. there's a settlement in those cases. We don't know. There was a settlement in the first case, so that case will not go to trial. Mm-hmm. These are civil lawsuits, so there's not going to be any criminal stuff that we know about. And in fact, there was this like period of time when we got news of the first allegations that there were reports of potential criminal investigations going on but then uh, i think it was the fbi came forward and was like yeah we're not doing that yeah and the whole like these women are coming together and he has a lot of fame and money and power it's like so do a lot of artists you know but three it's just there's so many people that have that kind of fame and money maybe not to the extent uh that he does but Honestly, you don't see every artist being sued right now. Yeah. And, you know, again, are things possible? Sure. But like that should never always be the presumption. Like, oh, these women are just lying and scamming for money like that. Again, I think we learned or at least many Mm -hmm. people had the opportunity to learn during that Me Too experience that perhaps we should be more thoughtful listening to the allegations of people. Because to your point, I don't think most people are going to game out like, oh, I had a run in. I dated, you know. Um, Diddy in the early 90s, I bet if I say that our sexual encounter, which was consensual, was not, then I can get a bunch of money. Yeah. <laughs> because think about what that does to your reputation, just putting the allegation out there with your name attached to it yeah. in public. Think about what that does. That runs you the risk of being made a target, being called a liar and a mm. money grubber, which is exactly what they're doing. Right. Right. So, like, it shows you. That it, 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 there is a high cost to those women make, bringing those allegations and putting them on paper. It is. It's not to say that it is not beyond the realm of possibility that um, he might not be found liable for those allegations or there may not be proof for those allegations. He will have the chance to argue that in court. You do feel bad for like the people around him. Like I don't feel sorry for him because if he's not guilty, he'll have his day in court. He's a very resourced individual. Mm-hmm. He'll be able to you know, fight these allegations, but you do, I would feel bad if I were his kids yeah. and the people around him who now everybody's, you know, I just don't even know yeah. how you'd navigate that scenario because you don't know who to believe, what to believe. How do you, if, if it's true, how do you react? 
Exactly. And he does have, uh, I think, three, at least three daughters. I don't think that we need, I noticed that page six, you know, they're they're taking pictures of him at his, he lives on Star Island near Miami, which a lot of celebrities uh, live there. And they have photos of him walking around his property, but then they have pictures of his mom. Okay, whatever. But then his kids, like, don't take pictures of someone's kids. They are teenage girls, but like in this picture, he is nowhere to be seen. You know, it's the mother of one of his children and one of his other daughters. And I'm just like, that is not necessary at all. You know, like, why are we putting the kids faces out there? I feel like tabloids didn't used to do that. And now it's like anything goes, you know, because that serves no purpose to put put their faces out Mm -hmm. there. It just it shows they could have just written in the article, which they did. He spent Thanksgiving with his mom and his kids. So why? Why show pictures of them? Yeah, that's just through all of it. As far as like the embarrassment and being, you know, targeted, that's that's not good for them. Absolutely. Well, more will be revealed in that. Uh, story because these cases have just come forward and we'll keep you up to date on them as they develop. Now, when we come back, we're going to go back to oh, happy thoughts, feeling good. Get on the couch. Let's watch some TV. We're going to talk about our favorite television show together as a family, and that's Bake Off. What happened last week? We'll give you all the details, but no spoilers when we return right here on My Talk 1071. My talk 107.1. Hopefully you had a great Thanksgiving. You did some baking, maybe. Maybe you watched uh, one of your favorite shows like we did. It's Bradley and Don with our Talk on Bake Off segment. Talk on Bake Off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. um, Oh, God, we're down to semifinals. I know. Right? No, No, semifinals. Yeah, this is the semifinals. Next week. That's right. So, this week. Oh, God. So, someone was kicked off. Yeah. We yeah. can't talk about that, though. No, we're not going to tell you who, but it Also, you're going to have to wait till I get back from my cruise. You understand it's going to be painful. What? Because we're not going to be able to find out who was correct. Oh, right. In, we both guessed a few mm-hmm. weeks ago who we thought would be the victor or victress. Yeah. Is there a female victor? Victoress? Anyway. Victrix? Uh, um, Victrix. Victrix. That's like a dominatrix. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but that episode should be coming out this Friday, Friday in the U.S. Yeah. Also, stay off social media Tuesday to Friday because... This Tuesday to Friday? The episode airs in the U.K. on Tuesday. Oh, son and of I'm a biscuit. Jeez, oh, I thought you were going to swear. <laughs> I thought you were going to say bitch. I know, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, son of a biscuit week. Yeah. We'll have to wait. A week, so just put it. Put, put your, uh, you know, put a pie pie plate on my pie pan. <laughs> Don't dig into your pie until I get back. Let's talk about patisserie, girl. It's patisserie week. Yes, it was. Yes. <sighs> How do you feel about patisserie? Mm, very fiddly sometimes. Uh, yeah. Very. I think that if you're somebody who likes to weigh and measure and make things very precise, you'll be good at it. Yeah. You know? Patisserie for Americans, we would call it, I I think for us, pastry and patisserie kind of go together. Yeah. Like we don't make a distinction because we're not as, I don't know, elevated as bakers, I think, as the Europeans are. Totally. 
And so we would just kind of throw it all together. It's like dessert. <laughs> yeah, that's right? true. Yeah. Uh, but for for the Great British Bake Off, patisserie is very much sort of the French style mm-hmm. of pastry, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Things you're like seeing financier. Yes. You're seeing little cakes and beautiful things that Mirror just glazes. look so perfect in a little shop window in single serving sizes. That's what we're talking about. So did you have any like great reactions to patisserie week well, and the fact that it's semifinals, which for those who can't or have a hard time with math, trust me, I'm one of them. That means we're down to four people. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I was floored once again that one of the contestants, you'll guess who, is involving something that Paul Hollywood hates. Dan. Dan. Flavors. This has been something that Dan has done repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And so he just needed to Google, what does Paul Hollywood hate before he went on the show? It's pretty simple. But don't you kind of love that he was like, oh, I'm just going to do I'm gonna it I'm going to put matcha. But he kind of, I will say, again, no spoilers because we're not going to say who left. He succeeded with that flavor combo when he explained now talk about what that was again that was his signature right yes or was that the showstopper this is the signature this is the financier financier yeah it's basically a a a very fancy twinkie yeah it's a little right or a zinger it should be smaller than that but yeah it's a little sponge cake you can fill it with something you definitely need to have like two different flavor combinations if but you he, want to get anywhere in the competition. He put like four different flavors in I there know. and I was like, that is too much. And he it's said true. pink peppercorn. I was like, nobody uh, wants to eat peppercorn in their dessert, Dan. But but he knocked it out of the park or at least he did himself no disservice. Yes. So they had two that they were making. They had to do two different kinds. Yeah. So he, he did a great job. And I was really surprised because I'm like, don't take this risk at this point. But with those signature bakes, they, from what what I've heard from the Bake Off stars, is that they actually choose those, what they're going to do weeks and weeks in advance. Like, basically, they have to start working on those things the minute they know they're going to be on the show. And they hand in their recipes far in advance so they can do drawings and get the ingredients ready and just be ready to go for the show. So if he didn't Google, what does Paul Hollywood hate? (laughs) Then at that point, he wouldn't know. Um. I did also want to want to just pull Josh aside a little bit because he went rogue or he didn't go rogue, but he did a little Bakewell tart version of his financier, which Bakewell tart is a very specific British thing. And he overdid the almond extract. I think yeah, it was right. I think so. Which, and yeah. it seems like such a, like you guys, I know you're like, what? But that's like a, that's a rookie mistake for somebody who is literally one of the best. It's true. I thought. That's my opinion. And I don't even know. I guess since he wasn't doing like, a, he is doing a sponge cake. Sorry to get if this is too much in, in the weeds. Girl, but... that's why they like it. Because we're in the weeds. <laughs> okay. They're like, I don't even know what they're talking about okay. and I want to eat it. So, Frangipan is oh, almond flour. Okay, and that's Frangipan. what goes in a Bakewell tart. Yeah. So, it has like a crust around it. It's a little tiny tart that has like a hardened shell or that's a flaky crust shell. And then in the middle is frangipan, which is almond flour. And it doesn't It's basically cook the like an way. almond custard. Exactly. Yeah. Like it doesn't harden. So, I think it, his thinking in, in putting almond extract in it at all is just to make it taste more almond, almondly, 
almondy. Yeah, but I feel like we've had plenty of opportunity as viewers because, mm-hmm. you know, we have all the answers. When you're sitting on the couch of Bake Off. Yeah. Mike, I forget. You're not watching this, right? Oh, uh, we not. We had to choose between this Some or the crown, and we're doing the yeah. crown. I don't blame you. Yeah. And put a pin in this, John, because I guarantee once Mike starts watching Bake Off, yeah. he's going to be all in. I know he is. Literally going to be all in. Yeah. But I was going to say why I don't know. What was I going to say? Extracts. Oh, one of the things that we've learned is that don't overdo extracts. Yeah. And I have taken that to heart in my own baking. Yeah. I love almond extract and I have dialed it way back because you know how you get addicted to a flavor and you're like, sure. oh, I wonder if I put a little almond extract because you personally love it. Yeah. But then other people are like, oh, this just tastes like yeah. almond extract. So you just ha- I've seen this time and time again on the show where people throw in an extract thinking it's going to boost the flavor when often extracts just boost the artificial flavor mm-hmm. and they don't, you know, it oh, just yeah. becomes overpowering. Yeah. I did this to a buttercream fo- frosting once. Mm. Just put a lot of strawberry extract, extract oh, in it. strawberry. Yeah, they do have strawberry wow. extract. And it's, yeah. So you can definitely overdo it for sure. I agree yeah. with you. And you, you get sort of taste blind because you make it yeah. so many times and you taste it so much that you don't like, I don't know. It's super easy to do. I can see how they would make that mistake. Yeah. I try the, the only extracts I have now are almond and vanilla. Yeah. And vanilla, I just, I love to just use the pod. Sure. I soak vanilla pods in booze. Yeah, yeah. And then use a little bit of the booze for the extract, but yeah. then you just shave the pods. And you can keep it forever. My yeah. daughter made me some. No, literally, it's like eternal, the eternal kernel. That's so cool. Yes. Um, the second one was beautiful. Uh, it was technical bake. Yeah, the technical bake was this huge. It was this apple tart, and um, you really. This is where you just have a written recipe and you never see a picture of it. So it's like a surprise. It's like you're baking this and you have two hours. You yeah. know they don't know going in what they're going to make. And for me, this is the most exciting part of the show. I like this part the best because people do things the wrong way and then it's like there's no going back now i can't and then it's a blind taste test so they don't know who they're judging yeah and that's why i love that part i so was much. really surprised at how some of them kind of crap the bed with the apples <laughs> oh my so gosh you guys, this is an apple tart it is truly the, i don't want to say the easiest but the most straightforward of recipes in that i would say yeah you have to technically get the pastry shell and the frangipan right but then it's just slicing apples and placing them. Mm-hmm. But it's fiddly. So I get it. Like, as a, if I were making this, I would not be so concerned because I'm thinking, uh, I don't have Paul Hollywood on the other end of this bake. Yeah. But they know they have Paul Hollywood and Prue on the other end of this bake. And you have to put these sliced apples, Mike. You have to literally, like, place them all like a flower so it's like slice 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 and you just build them in a circle in a circle in a circle wow and it looks beautiful it looks absolutely beautiful it looks like a rose that's bloomed open but like a couple of them just like it was almost like they gave up (laughs) right yes (laughs) yeah so two of them did really really well and you have to be somebody that can read something and imagine if you've never seen it and that's where i think the t- bottom two lacked. Yeah. Uh, and they did not slice those. It even said how small. Yeah. It's and they razor were all thin. And I was like, you guys. I was screaming, oh my God, those slices are too big. I don't know <laughs> if you yeah. were. 
yeah. But I oh, was absolutely. like, oh, my God. Because they're like these, you know, slice within a, you know, an eighth of an inch yeah. or something. And they're just like, clomp, clomp, clomp. It'd be like, again, me in the kitchen, fine. Yeah. But I'm, I don't have whole Hollywood breathing down my back. I would be thinking, do I have enough apple left? Like, I would have to, this is my thing. Yeah. I'm a real pre-planner, oh, sure. and so I would not do well on Bake Off. Because you have to make split-second decisions. I don't know. You get to plan a lot more than you think, though. Oh, don't gosh. You, don't you think with, you know, how they how far out in advance they plan? The technical, no. No. So you're you saying mean, you would that would be maybe your biggest challenge? That would be, be my technical? biggest challenge, is because I would practice so much on the other things. Yeah. That the technicals would probably be a mess. And well, I think and sometimes that's why I like the, it. Mike, sometimes on the technical, they'll say, make a custard. Sure. I don't know about you. I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. Like they don't get the, the instructions. Basics. They'll just say, make a pastry shell. Yeah. Uh, make make a cake. Yeah. And you're like, okay. Make a yellow sponge. You have to know what? the basics of how to make all the things. That's why I started taking those classes, because I wanted to know what how to do the basics of all these things is there any classes you have in the hopper um no i don't Uh, i'm trying to keep my weight at a normal level (laughs) oh my god i love how you tie your own weight to your ability to learn i there is a uh i want to do an online jam class i've already taken one because jams like you guys you cannot just you can do other things with jam than put them on toast Mm -hmm. anyway there's this this thing popped up in my instagram feed for a class, not like the Bake Off, but it's a more intense online thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. It sounds real fun. And then I like clicked on it and it costs like $800. Oh, wow. Well. Like, Excuse me. paying $800 for a jam class? How many courses? sugar and fruit. Yeah. How many courses? It was like 35 lessons or something. I was like, this is for like 35. a PhD in jam. My God. <laughs> I mean, why would you ever need Thank 35 you. classes? But it looks kind of fun. I'm sure you would have a great time. Yeah. Well, is there one that you want to do if you, if, if uh, I you haven't, to I actually eat? don't look at the website. I did a couple of weeks ago because I Girl, still get you emails. Have, you could um, just let us eat it. So I just know bring it's in so your... difficult for me. Like when it comes to, I just try to keep things out of my house. And like, <laughs> honestly, that's how I just bring it here. Yeah. Make it, bring it. Yeah. I would have to hand it over to MC and go put this in the downstairs fridge and put a lock on it. Yeah. I would, once it's made, I would not have the problem. The problem would be like sampling the way through. Oh, for but sure. if it's a cake, I'd be like, well, I just won't cut it and I'll bring it to work. Oh, I see. So I want to know that. what it tastes like before I bring it to work though, because I don't want it to be so bad that you guys Ooh, are like, Ew. but that would be the fun as we could give you our thoughts. And that would be very risky. I did bring in a Pativier and I didn't think it turned out that great. Was I here for that? Um, yes. No. I think so. It had apples inside, and it looks like a big disc, and it has those circle, oh, like you. Did, I did have that. That was it's great. Like you do little half moon. Well, everything you've. I don't think I've tried anything you've baked that I thought was not good. Okay, well. So anyway, if you, Mike, uh, I'm trying to get us free dessert. Over I know. Keep yeah. She's not stay for a full week of work, and maybe hey! I will. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You want to come on a cruise? Uh, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you can. There's still time. <laughs> Wait, you said yes to that? I did. That's oh. how much I love vacations. <laughs> uh, you're not coming I just on this cruise. Won't. You I don't just... want to be near the water. Well, I just wouldn't be near it. I would just stay in the interior of the ship like I did the last time I was yeah, on a you cruise. You could just do an uh, inside room. And pretend that it wasn't there. Anywho, we have talked way too long. 
Ashes of Bradley and Dawn, my talk. 1071. Oh, Thanksgiving is over. Did you get to see any movies in the theater? No. Or even just on your TV? No. You know, that counts, too. No? No nope. movies. Okay. No, I do want to go to the theater, though, because I want to see that Hunger Games movie, and I also want to see Napoleon. Ooh, those are two movies I didn't see. Did you see I that movie? No. Gone. Um, You're supposed what? to watch the movies I want you to see. <laughs> well, you did see five, and I thought for sure if she saw five movies over the holiday, there's one that I wanted to see. I don't know. You're going to have to sell me on these because I've heard of some of them. Some of them I have no idea about. Where do you want to begin? Well, we'll start with The Killer. This has Michael Fassbender in it. Oh, I do like Um, that. This is a David Fincher movie, Mm. and this is about an assassin. We've seen assassin movies before, okay? They kind of have the same formula. It's usually like, this is the last hit I'm going to do. Yeah. Or he thought he was done, and then they stole his daughter, and now he's picked off one last time. This is not what this is about. It doesn't happen that way where he's like, I'm never going to kill another person again. Now he's like, I'm going to kill all the people. (laughs) Not exactly, but it does have a lot of twists and turns, and um, it did surprise me. I thought it was going to go in a different direction, and so personally, I didn't love the last half of the movie okay so you like the first half actually not the last half the last 15 minutes i would say so the um yeah (laughs) um but that's just personal preference preference i can tell you that we're here i can tell you that most people will like it okay so uh i why didn't you like it though i didn't like it because i don't want to give anything away Okay. I would have to right. to tell you. Okay. So, but you were um, not pleased with the ending. Would you then recommend people go see it? Absolutely. Or? Oh, okay. I think it's a great movie. I just didn't like the end. Okay. And I know why, but that's just you know, it's it's just a personal thing. It's yeah. Okay. So also, I saw Thanksgiving, which is a horror movie by Eli Roth, and um, this is hilarious. It it gives you exactly what a good horror movie should give you. You should be terrified and laughing. That's what good horror movies do. Yeah. Not ones that are like The Exorcist or so. I'm talking about like. So you like a little humor in your horror. That's the trend, you know, in the last, I don't know, 20 years or so. And I feel like you should add a little humor to your script. And Eli Roth definitely did that. This, um, it has some unexpected people in it like Patrick Dempsey. He is the sexiest man alive. Was he and in, is this in movie? a really campy horror movie? Was he? He looked okay. Is he in a towel? That is, I can't get through all these movies if we get into that. Oh, he is not in a towel, but we can't go down that road right now. Okay. Yeah. What can we? What? What? What else did you want to tell us about that movie? <laughs> this movie is funny, but it's not going to give you something that's going to be a lasting effect. You might love it and want to watch it every Thanksgiving. Like, just if you like, like, holiday horror movies, it's definitely at the top of the list for those. All right. What else you got? Um, We have uh, The Marvels. I loved this movie. I can see why people didn't, though. I know. There is a little bit too much song and dance, literally, in it (laughs) for people to care. Like, a certain part of the audience that wants to just have superhero movies that are all serious. Mm -hmm. This has a lot of humor in it. And I just for the action sequences alone, where it's, it's about like three superheroes that can switch places rapidly. So the action sequence, those action sequences 
make you feel like you're in their bodies. I mean, it's filmed so well, Mm -hmm. and the switching back and forth is so much fun. Like, that alone makes this movie great. There is a musical sequence where I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I need to just relax, just stop it, and just, you know, just go with this and and laugh because you're supposed to at that point. So Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Yeah, it's just a fun movie, and you don't have to try to tie it into every other Marvel movie. That's what's great. Like, you can see this movie and not have any reference or idea to the other movies. Um, Then we have The Holdovers, which I would say was one of my favorite, one of the two favorites that I saw. The next one I'll get to. The Holdovers is about um, some kids that have to stay over Christmas holiday at their high school. It's a boarding school. And Paul Giamatti is um, is the star of it. He plays a really crabby professor. And we have this breakout star, Dominic Sessa, who is fantastic. Mm. It's really just a love letter to teachers. And it really is, it like, you cannot predict what's going to happen in this movie because it's just so unique. It's an indie film. It has a 70s feel to it. Alexander Payne is the director, and he wanted it to look like a 70s movie. Um, and he succeeded in that for sure. Okay. So you like that movie? I definitely like that one. It was one one of your favorites. For sure. Top two, for sure. And then we have, um, my favorite movie of all five, which is Dream Scenario. What's this about? Nicolas Cage. Uh, Nicolas Cage, he plays, um, just a normal everyday professor. Actually, his name is Paul and so is Paul Giamatti's and he's a professor in the holdovers. So it's kind of funny that we see two Paul professors. It also, um, it's just about a normal everyday guy who for some reason, and Nicholas Cage did a physical transformation for this. He's like balding through the middle. Um, he always has his coat on. <laughs> he looks a little bit more, um, hefty than he usually does. And he's just a normal everyday guy. Yeah. I've not heard about this movie. You haven't seen any trailers for this. Mm-mm. Okay. So Nicholas Cage is just this guy. And all of a sudden people start reacting to him strangely, like in Starbucks or just on the street or at school where he teaches and says, they're like, you've, I've been dreaming about you. And so people collectively start dreaming about his character. Okay. I feel like we've talked about it. Did, like, did Paul McGuire Grimes talk about this? Possibly. I don't think Paul Dockles came up in a turtle but yeah, I think we Don and I were talking about this because I saw a trailer for it and it looked awesome and I was excited to see it. Yeah. yeah. So what you get here is a great mix of really weird dream sequences. Like it's like you think it's just a regular scene and then you realize quickly, oh, this is another dream someone's having about Nicolas Cage. Uh or it, not Nicolas Cage, but his character. I, I want to be clear about that. He's not playing himself in this role. And it really has a lot to do with um, it turns into things like sort of a weird take on social media mm. because that get and marketing mm-hmm. gets involved and just how gross all of that is and how we're bombarded with images all the time. Yeah. What and is so, it about the movie that you loved so much? Uh, Nicolas Cage is full on being Nicolas Cage, 100 percent like he lets go. He's one of the only actors out there I know that can completely not watch himself like he lets go and at Alamo they actually did a montage of all of his 
movies and how his freakouts in movies, which is almost as good as the movie itself. Oh, like in advance of the movie, they yeah. did that. That's they cute. they always do little scenes that have something to do with the movie, and then you realize within the movie why they played those little clips, which is which is great because it'll be like a scene of people bowling, you know, or something from the nineteen fifties, and then it ends up working into movies. So. This is so great because um, it's an idea that I've never seen before, mm, okay. and it's just a storyline that I've yeah. never seen. Yeah. And it's just the up and down of somebody's social media career mm. as they are internet famous, and then they're not anymore. Yeah, like it's it's pretty brilliant. So you said this was your favorite. What was your other favorite? Um, the holdovers. Okay, so dream scenario and the holdovers. Out of all the five movies Dawn saw this weekend, those were her favorites. Thank you for your reviews, Dawn. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Turkey Day. There was something on the Turkey Day table that nobody else wanted to eat. I was the only one. And you'll find out exactly what that was. And we'll just talk about everything else this uh, in the next hour, including but not limited to Black Friday, 